0: Hello and welcome to Stories from India, a podcast where we talk about myths, legends and folk tales from India. I am your host, Narad Muni, and I am a mythological character myself. I have the gift of eternal life and knowledge of the past, the present and the future. By profession, I am a traveling musician. And a storyteller. So, the way I'm doing my job is by podcast. If you are joining us after a gap and you're wondering why there wasn't an episode on Thursday, that's because there was a change this year. Based on your feedback, now we have a single longer episode every week rather than two shorter ones. In today's episode, we are back into the Mahabharat. Like most episodes on this show, you need not have heard previous ones. But you are certainly welcome to the earlier Mahabharat episodes that I have linked in the show notes. Here's the story so far. Shantanu was the ruler of Hastinapur and much of India. Together with Ganga, they had a baby boy, Devrat, whom Ganga took with her to educate. And if you're wondering, yes, this is the river Ganga. When Ganga eventually returned the boy to Shantanu, he was already in his late teenage years. I mean, Devrath was in his late teenage years, not Shantanu. Because that would be weird. Seeing as he was getting on in his years, Shantanu would have crowned Devrat the next emperor. But, as it happened, he ran into Satyavati and decided, despite the age gap between them, that she would make an excellent queen. Satyavati agreed. But her father did not. He really wanted a child of Satyavati's to be on the throne instead of Devrath. At this point, Devrath decided that his father's wishes must take precedence over the well-being of the empire. And he made a promise never to marry or have children and to always protect whomever of Satyavati's descendants sat on the throne. There was no art in this deal. Devrath had overcommitted, and Satyavati's dad came out on top without even having to lift a finger. If there is one good thing that came off this, it was that from that day on, Devrath was known as Bhishma. Seriously, that's a much easier name to pronounce. Let's continue the story right there. People in the empire had generally been looking forward to Devrath as their emperor. It's not just that he was the wisest, the strongest, and the most skilled royal they had seen or heard of. He was totally emperor material which was actually a bonus, because honestly, they would have accepted any functioning adult after Shantanu had spent most of his rule staring at the Ganga, waiting for her to return the prince. So, when the news broke that Devrath had promised away his empire in exchange for a new queen for his father, the nation collectively facepalmed. But after a while, the sentiment began to shift. Some began to think that they had in fact dodged a bullet. What if they had found out about his tendency to give away the empire after he became their emperor? And what if he gave away the empire to his rivals? At least, in this case, Satyavati child would be the one who would sit on the throne. One good side effect of the rash promise that Bhishma had made was that Shantanu had granted Bhishma a boon. Bhishma would have sole power over whether and when to leave the world of the living. And Bhishma had sworn to protect the empire and the throne all his life. So maybe things would be okay. Over the next several years, their confidence in Bhishma built up even more. Bhishma was pretty much ruling the empire, but without actually sitting on the throne. He only ruled in Shantanu's name. And Shantanu himself had completely retired to his chambers and spent all day and all night with Satyavati. Over the years, Satyavati and Shantanu had a couple of children, Chitrangad and Vichitravirya. Satyavati's father breathed a huge sigh of relief at that. His grandson Chitrangad was going to be emperor Where he grew up. When the boys were still young though, Shantanu passed away. It was a sad day for Satyavati and her children. They were used to his constant company. It was a sad day for Bhishma too, who had given up the throne for his dad's slightest wish but the rest of the nation just shrugged its shoulders and moved on. It's not like Shantanu had been doing any actual administration. If anything, their tax rupees would be feeding one less mouth in the royal family. A few months after Shantanu's demise, Bhishma approached Satyavati. Mummy. I have something important to discuss, he told her. Satyavati winced at that. She was about the same age as Bhishma. Must you call me mummy? she asked him. Bhishma shrugged. I can call you mum if you prefer, or mama, or ma." Or mother, if you prefer something more formal. Satyavati shook her head. Never mind, she said. What is this important matter you wish to speak of? Chitrangad's birthday, replied Bhishma. It's coming up next month. Did you mail out all the party invites like I asked you to? And is the ballroom decorated? I don't want any mistakes with the cake this time. I specifically want the chocolate one, with strawberry frosting, and horizontally cut mango slices. I was so annoyed when they were cut vertically last time. With all due respect, mummy, this topic I have to discuss is more important than... What? interrupted Satyavati hastily. What could possibly be more important than cake? He's coming of age. I think it's time for him to sit on the throne. I still don't see how that's more important than cake, said Satyavati, frowning. And besides, he sits on the throne all the time. The other day, him and his brother were playing in the throne room and they were play-acting. Vichitravirya pretended to be emperor first and then Chitrangat pretended to be the conqueror and he took over the throne. It was so funny. I have a video of it somewhere. Here, let me whatsapp it to you. Bhishma felt that he had to be more forceful. Mummy, I meant him sitting on the throne permanently, becoming emperor, being coronated, assuming the role of discharging his administrative duties as the official sovereign of the empire of Hastinapur. There was a pause. Then Satyavati said, Then why didn't you say so in the first place, instead of going on and on about cake and birthday parties? But gosh! My baby's all grown up? She teared up a bit at that. The message had sunk in. They decided to do the coronation as a bonus. A surprise party for all the birthday party guests. And it went excellently. Chitrangad did have to stop pretend play with his little brother. But... That was a small price to pay for watching everyone bowing to him all the time. With time, Chitrangad did grow up and matured into an able ruler. He was a bit too powerful for his own good. He had conquered every neighboring kingdom and was now boasting that he was the most powerful of all. During a particularly wild night of partying, a stranger appeared before him and challenged him that not just was he not the most powerful of all, he wasn't even the most powerful Chitrangad. Huh? What? asked Chitrangad, looking at the newcomer up and down. It's true, said the stranger. I am your namesake, Chitrangad. I'm just a Gandharva, a musician, but I can defeat you at anything. Name your weapons. Being short-tempered and angry at what Chitrangad the musician was saying, Chitrangad the emperor quickly agreed to the duel. In reality... His power and strength lay in the support he was getting from Bhishma. And on this occasion, Bhishma was not around. He had the weekend off. The result was that Chitrangat, the emperor, was promptly defeated and killed by Chitrangat, the musician. The news was a shock to Satyavati and Bhishma. Vichitravirya seemed upset, but soon forgot all about it as he immersed himself in watching afternoon cartoons. Despite the tragedy, Bhishma had his eyes set firmly on Hastinapur's future. We have to crown Vichitravirya. He should be emperor. No, 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 said Satyavati. I'm not listening to you. I put Chitrangad on the throne and look what happened. Where were you anyway? Why did you let him go to that awful pub? I want you to make that terrible musician pay for what he did to my baby. I can't, said Bhishma. From Chitrangad the musician's perspective, it was not personal. It was just business. And we have to respect that. And anyway, he's not a terrible musician. He's pretty good actually. I've been to one of his concerts. He's almost as good as my uncle. You know, my uncle, Narad Muni, the one who does those podcasts. I don't care about any uncles and aunts of yours, Bhishma, said Satyavati, now a little annoyed. You can tell them from me to keep their noses out of this. Now, why do you want to put Vichitravirya on the throne anyway? You managed fine, after Shantanu and before Chitrangad. Listen to me carefully, mummy. If we don't have a ruler on the throne, Hastinapur as an empire will not exist for long. Chitrangad made a lot of enemies. He forced pretty much every one of our neighbours into battle and then defeated them all. I'm sure they're all itching for revenge. An empty throne in Hastinapur is all the temptation they need to gang up on us. Now, instead of that, if we have a child on the throne, it will make those same people hesitate. They'll think him unpredictable, and they will hesitate to act. That's all we want. But the poor child, said Satyavati, he's only in fourth grade. ''Well, he'll just have to do his homework and assignments after the day's administration,'' said Bhishma. ''But don't you worry. I'll be there to help him.'' ''That's a relief,'' said Satyavati. ''I have often felt that he needed help with his geography assignments, and I meant to ask you. Now I feel so much better.'' Mummy, I meant I'll help him with the administration, not the schoolwork. But you know what? I'll get him some help. Kripa and Krippi. They can help him with his schoolwork. That seemed to convince Satyavati. And so, Vichitravirya was crowned emperor of Hastinapur. His first decree was that every Ravivar or Sunday was Raskulla day and that everyone in the palace must always move around on roller skates. But those rules did not stick for long. Bhishma had a long talk with him to change his mind. It's a stretch to say that things were great. They were not. But the neighbouring kingdoms did not invade, and that seemed to satisfy Satyavati and Bhishma. The two of them often talked about how Vichitravirya did not have any succession plans. Not that the little boy, who was just barely a teenager, was expected to think of such things. But It was natural for Satyavati and Bhishma as custodians to worry about the future of Hastinapur, though for different motives. Satyavati very badly wanted grandchildren that she could help raise, while Bhishma often lamented that if there was no empire of Hastinapur, He would have nothing more to defend. He would be out of a job. A solution presented itself after a while. Well, it did not start off as a solution. But trust Bhishma to find a way. The king of Kashi, which was yet another kingdom in India, was arranging a party. It was a pretty major event. He had three daughters, Amba, Ambika and Ambalika. And don't ask me about their names. The queen of Kashi was probably just addicted to mangoes. The party that was being arranged was a Swayamvar. It's a ceremony where a bride picks the groom. On her wedding day. It's not something that she is forced into. The choice is entirely hers. And usually, she does have an elaborate lineup of prospective grooms to pick from. Naturally, it was in the host kingdom's best interest to invite the most kings that they could it led to generally favourable relations with everyone else. Other kingdoms were not really upset at not being picked. Chivalry demands that they respect the lady's decision. And the general meet and greet at a Swayamvar party has led to more trade deals than at trade conferences. So it was that a few months later, an elaborate Swayamvar party was in progress in Kashi. In one corner, King Shalva of Saubha and Sambhav, the king of Magad and Bhishma, were chatting. Sambhav said, I say, fellows, these Swayamvars are all the rage these days. What will they think of next? Gender-reveal parties? Shalva replied, I don't mind them myself. It's a good way of ensuring that a princess isn't forced into a marriage she doesn't like. Imagine if they started doing that. He had an ulterior motive. Princess Amba and King Shalva had an arrangement. They had chosen each other secretly. The Swayamvar was the perfect means for Amba to pick Shalva with no one objecting. Sambhav continued, And what about this idea of having three Swayambars in one party? You think the king of Kashi is being a bit miserly with his wine? A three-for-one deal works very well for me, as it happens, said Bhishma. Mysteriously. Say, Bhishma, what are you doing here anyway? You swore not to marry, didn't you? Now, what are you going to do if one of the princesses picks you? How will you get out of that? I am not here for myself, said Bhishma. I represent Hastinapur and its emperor, Vichitravirya. At that, both Shelva and Sambhav paused. Finally, Sambhav said, I say, old chap, not to sound offensive or anything, but isn't Vichitravirya a bit on the young side? Bhishma chose not to answer, deliberately. He did not want to debate this. He had a much bigger agenda in mind. Sambhav did not take offence. Politely, he shifted the topic back to Swayamvar's. I can't imagine a bigger badge of honour than to be able to say that you were chosen by a princess at a Swayamvar, he said. Well, said Pishma. there is something bigger. As it happens, it involves Swayamvar's too but not the way you're thinking. Care to explain? asked Shalva. But just then, the princesses entered the party room. Bhishma looked at them and then turned to Shalva. I'll do better than explain. I'll demonstrate. Here, hold my beer. And with that, Bhishma walked off towards where the master of ceremonies was enthusiastically introducing the princesses to rapturous applause. Bhishma walked right up and grabbed the microphone. And when you are the de facto ruler of Hastinapur, they let you do it. Sorry for the interruption, Bhishma began. I was just talking about something to my dear friend, Shalva, right over there. He gestured at Shalva, while the king was desperately praying for a hole to swallow him up. Why was Bhishma pulling him into this? And right when Amba was watching, Bhishma continued, I have a question for this crowd. What earns more respect? than to be picked by a princess at a swayamvar. No one answered. No one, said Pishma. Well, I can't blame you for not thinking about it. I'll tell you the answer. How about this situation? In the presence of every powerful king in the world, one of them claims all three princesses and not one person is able to stop him. The implication hit everyone at the same time. Bhishma dropped the mic and walked to the princesses and began escorting them to his chariot, which, conveniently, he had asked the valet to pull up ahead of time. Several kings began to move, but Bhishma had anticipated that. In a flash, he had his bow in his hands and had fired an arrow at the feet of Shalva, who had been the first guy to move. You missed, said Sambhal. No, he didn't, said Shalva, as he looked down at the arrow that had exactly nailed his shoes to the ground, without actually hurting him. Everyone was stunned into silence as Bhishma escorted the ladies into a chariot. Adieu, adieu to you and you and you, he said to the crowd, cheerfully, as he pulled out. It took a while for the crowd to mobilize. Part of the reason, of course, was there weren't enough valets and it took a while to retrieve everybody's chariot. The first few kings certainly did not want to chase Bhishma on their own. Certainly not after what he had shown he could do with a bow and arrow. It took a while, but after that, they all gathered and began the pursuit. They did in fact catch up pretty quickly. Particularly because Bhishma had decided to stop for a burger and fries at the rest stop. Amba, Ambika and Ambalika so far did not know how exactly to process this. Was this a good PR moment or a disaster? The uncertainty certainly did not stop them from getting burgers and fries though. Fresh off the meal loaded with calories, Bhishma drove the chariot with his three silent companions. But he stopped when he heard the loud sound of chariots behind him. Bhishma turned around and faced the crowd. At least a hundred chariots and a small army behind each. This was not good. This was going to delay him and then he wouldn't get to the next Burger Raja in time for dinner. He pulled out a megaphone. Please, don't make me do this. But the kings did not really listen. Their honour was at stake. Could they allow history books to remember their collective humiliation at the Swayamvar by a single person? Well, it turned out that history books would indeed remember how those kings were collectively humiliated at the Swayamvar. But history books would also remember how those same kings were then humiliated a second time on the battlefield. Because that's how the battle turned out. Maybe Bhishma was far too focused on not being late. But within minutes and in between picking his teeth, Bhishma had decimated the opposition and disabled their chariots. There was no further resistance. At this point, the mood in the chariot began to change. Ambika and Ambalika were now thinking that a guy like Bhishma was a keeper. Amba, meanwhile, was desperately praying that Shalva wasn't hurt in the battle. Amba's emotions were eventually going to lead to a lot of problems for Bhishma. But that's much later in the Mahabharata. That's all we have time to cover in this episode. In the next one, we'll continue the story. And we'll see exactly why Bhishma's promises turned out to be such a bad idea. If you have comments or suggestions or if there are particular stories you would like to hear, please do let me know by leaving a comment or a review on the site sfipodcast.com or tweet at SFIPodcast. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to subscribe to the show to get notified automatically of new episodes. Thanks to all of you listeners for your continued support and your feedback. The music is from purpleplanet.com. That's purple dashplanetcom I'll see you next time.